This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's when the time. What are you doing here? Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. Glad to glad to be with you on this fine evening talking about the biggest fixture of Swindon season so far. Yeah, I, I would love that optimistic take had I not read on your blog just moments ago. The EFL trophy is back and more pointless as ever as Swindon are already eliminated heading into their final game against Bristol Rovers. That's got me hyped up for tomorrow night. Yeah, but I'm also playing both sides. So I always come out on top by tweeting that it was a massively important game. So I've I've done both. Yeah, for, for the committed, we see your cynicism. <laughs> we see it all. Uh, before we talk about the presser, FA Cup. Oh, we wanted a good draw. We wanted to, uh, you know, preferably not have to travel far. Nice home game, possibly against a non-league team. And if we have to play an EFL side, make it a League One side. What did we get? Uh, we got Stockport away, which is great oh, fun. <laughs> why? <laughs> Such a boring draw. And I would say exactly the same for any other team away in in League 2. Maybe not Newport because there would have been an outside chance I would go to it. But oh, I'm inspired. Magic of the Cup. Yeah, I've, I was watching the draw and my father kept saying, we never get a good draw. I was like, well, our last one was Man City, to be fair. And uh, <laughs> if anyone does want to vent any frustrations, Johnny Leefield said only today that Stockport away was the time he wanted. 
So go after him. Well, great news for Johnny Leefield. Great news for the Swindon fans in the northwest, like Max Springer. So they they get they get their day. Good for them. Um, I'm happy for them. I'm livid. Yeah, I've already made up the trip up to Stockport, so I I don't think I'll be doing it again. I think my only consolation is I don't have to do the game. And as I said before, doing my job is not necessarily something I want to be doing. So uh, away tie was all I wanted. Yeah, and you are you're, you're angling for a different draw anyway, aren't you, with your uh, job elsewhere? Yeah, my second job where I cover Southwest London, Hampton, Richmond, were they to win tomorrow night in their replay, will be at home to Derby County. So uh, this also frees me up to do that, were that game to come to pass. Lovely. Well, here's hoping that works for you. I'll be at Stourhead that day, I think. And that was the uh, the provisional plan dependent on what Swindon's draw was. So to Stourhead, I shall go, which is a lovely day out. Right. We are back for the final time this season to discuss the, what's it called? Yeah, the Papa John's Trophy, a competition we have been eliminated from. So this game means nada to Swindon Town. So it is a contender for one of the most pointless games of the season. However, Bristol Rovers need to win, which makes me feel that this could end five or six nil, depending on how motivated we are for this. Let, well, let's start with player availability, because I've been looking through the EFL rules for this competition. Essentially, you can play whoever you want other than under-18 players, who, who are Swindon Town under-18 players. Who's available? Yeah, this was the major theme of the press conference, because the only interesting thing about this game will be who starts for Scott Lindsay. And um, there's... The team news is that we've got quite a few availabilities. Keen Harris is back from his suspension, having been sent off in our first EFL trophy game. He is available for this one. As mentioned on Thursday, Tommy Adeloy is available, but it's likely to play 20 minutes or less in this game, the uh, uh, Rashan Hepburn Murphy special. And um, we've and also we've got to have, apparently the lone players are still allowed to play for us, apparently. So George Calmeadow, uh, Harris and Minturn are also allowed to play in this game, which is interesting. Indeed, yeah, that is that is interesting, but also probably a good thing. I, I don't think we're going to see many kiddiewinkies for this one, are we? Uh, my behind-the-curtain knowledge is that we're not going to see very many at all. I think it's going to be very first-team heavy. Scott Lindsay frequently throughout the press conference hammered home the point that what he wanted from the game was to check how his squad players were faring with learning the system and how they were getting on with that way and, you know, can they step in for minutes down the road? So that's really, from his perspective, what he's looking for from this game rather than um, youth development, I guess, by chucking a bunch of kids out against a Bristol Rovers team who technically need to win the game, but I don't think they necessarily have to and also they probably don't want to. Uh, Do you not think Joey wants to stick the boot in? Um, I'm sure he'd like to. He's definitely the character to... uh, be a bit vindictive but I would also imagine that he would rather not play another game in this competition as well but he's just not as good as doing it at Scott Lindsay yeah and by sticking the boot in of course I meant metaphorically um <laughs> and not, well allegedly yeah. allegedly exactly so they have a pretty stable uh team for this competition you expect the, the Finnish goalkeeper Yakola to play uh, Clark, Hall, Saunders, Marcus uh, up front, you know, those sort of players. I think the only one they've got out who's a regular is the veteran Glenn Whelan, who was sent off in the last game. So they have pretty much a, a, a cup team, which I expect them to field. 
yeah, I, I would I would like to see Bran make his debut. That, that's the that's the one I really want to see. Yeah, definitely. I think we all expected Bran in the last game against Plymouth, but we got the explanation that uh, Scott Lindsay wanted to keep Solbrin in form or whatever. Um, I, I don't see how one game in midweek and the trophy would impact that, but that was the reason Conor Bran supposedly didn't play in the last group match. But you would think there's basically no excuse to not play him now. Uh, looking through the rules, he's been on the bench and whatnot. I'm sure he's he'll be fine to play in the game. He, he clearly needs some sort of experience so we can figure out who this guy is and, of course, could be great for one of your Sporkle quizzes down the road. Oh, my lovely, lovely Sporkle quizzes. Well done for the shout-out on the Sporkle quizzes. All available, so many of them too. Final word on like Adeloy. I'm really looking forward... I think it's great that he's going to get 20 minutes for this game. I think it, it comes at a real... A really good time for him. I'm not expecting anything at all just for him to huff and puff for 20 minutes and get a feel for it. No expectations. And I hope he just, I think, I just hope he just gets some of the ball. Absolutely. I think maybe this game has come a week too soon in his rehab, but it's definitely good that he can play some part in it because, you know, you don't necessarily know where he's going to get that time to get match fitness otherwise because obviously we've got Luke Jeffcott and Jacob Wakeling who are definitely ahead of him in the pecking order up the middle at the moment. So being able to play at least some part in this game is going to be big for him. And he can just, he can kick a few balls, run around a bit, have a, have a, just a generally nice evening in Bristol and hopefully get up to speed a little bit more. One last one on selection. And when listening to the press conference with Scott Lindsay, I kind of muttered, what is this filth? Um, and that is that Louis Reed for the first time in his Swindon career, is in the squad for the Papa John's Trophy. Oh, say it ain't so. Yeah, as I said in the uh, in the group in the group message when you said it, it was like he's being punished again for being too short to play against Stevenage. Really, he's. I think we could probably see it coming that he was going to play in this game, having not played the last two. But you really feel for a player who I personally believe was robbed of League Two team of the season last year and is just so far above League Two level, which puts him, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of EFL trophy level. And he's presumably going to have to play at least some part in the game because I know that Anton Dvorak is injured right now, so also won't be available. And he's possibly your only other holding midfield type player. So Louis Reed might have to play in a Papa John's game. And it makes sense because he's not playing. But... We all know, like if you're if you're if you're selected to play in the Papa John's, it's you're out of favour, or you you're a utility player that really needs to play. You know, like I imagine Tyree Shade will play, and maybe Romeo Hutton. But Louis Reed, this is the day where he watches the Premier League games that's on TV, not concerning himself with a nothing fixture. Yeah, he probably doesn't even know that they happen. It's just marked in his personal calendar as day off. He was, he was probably quite excited to watch. I'm not. T- I haven't checked what football's on tomorrow, but I, I imagine I'll be dabbling in that instead of the Swindon game. But you know, he was probably ex- looking forward to having some nice time off, a bit of relaxing, a bit of a chill. But he's instead going to have to go on the team bus and play for Swindon. And he's, um, potentially, from his perspective, Tyree Shade 100% played his way back into a team. It looked like he was just wiggling out of a little bit against Crystal Palace. So potentially, he could knock off. Saidu Khan on the sly by playing in this game, but you really do feel for him that 
I, I honestly don't know how there is a point in Louis Reed's Swindon career where he's having to play one of these games. Oh dear. Uh, Brighton Forest and Palace Wolves is what he will be missing. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to this. As I've said many times, I'm not podding it though, which is great. Um, I have cover, so I don't have to rush home, which is lovely. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad that there's mostly senior players. So I think before you told me that, as I said at the top of the pod, I was expecting this to be a, a proper spanking for Swindon because how do you motivate your team ahead of this? And I mean, that goes on to some of the questioning earlier. It was three journalists essentially going, but seriously, come on. And Scott Lindsay batting it away every time. But then the next question, but come on, seriously, it's a friendly, isn't it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> he was having none of it, wasn't he? Yeah, it was just Lindsay, come on. But um, no, he was he was very stout in his view that uh, I think he took the the path of not saying no. We're really excited to play this game, yada yada. He went the path of was well, a foot a bit like Saidu Khan the other day. It's a football game. You, you've got to be up to it in some way. It's playing football. You lot have not played many games, so you should be motivated for it anyway. Um, he said again repeatedly that they're preparing for it like any other game. They're you know, treating it as seriously as they would a league match, which I just don't believe. But if Lindsay believed that, believes that, then that's fine. Um, but they've, you know, I, I do somewhat agree that surely if you're a, you know, Kean Harry's has barely, I don't mean he's played since Harrogate in the league or even been in a squad since possibly. You know, well, since so, he got sent off in the in the first game of this. Didn't yeah. He? So and so obviously, sit. You know, people like someone like Morgan Roberts is trying to make an impression. Ricky Aguiar, who we talked about, as being quite close. Those guys, they, they have a reason to play in and of themselves. You're trying to impress the manager at every turn, but this is really just training for these guys, you've got to think. Mm. August 30th was the last time Kieran Harries played for Swindon. Of course, that was the sending off against Crystal Palace under-21s, which sent us on this journey uh, to Bristol Rovers and the nothingness it means to us. Lovely. Okay. Ricky Aguilar was discussed. Ricky Aguilar had a good second half performance when he came on against Colchester. It was an interesting one, this one, wasn't it? And what he said about Ricky Aguiar and his season so far. Yeah, definitely. It was very interesting. I, I agreed with his assessment of Aguiar because Saturday was the first time he didn't look like a youth player who was just coming on. He looked really involved in the team and like he belonged for probably the first time since that Walsall game where he had the breakout moment for Swindon um, back in March, February time. Um, so it was really good to see from that perspective. And Lindsay said that, you know, he's been having chats with him over the past couple of days saying, you know, you've in the last two weeks or so, he's really, really improved. And he's all of a sudden really close to that starting lineup. And you know, on the basis of Saturday, he's probably pushing um, Ronan Darcy a little bit, who in of himself is only just sort of pushed Saidu Khan or out the team in that position, certainly. So it's it's good news, Ricky Aguilar. We've got that competition you know, LSE Anvelo can't get in the midfield at the moment. He has to go play somewhere else. Um, so it, it's really good news to hear from Ricky Aguilar's perspective because we he is in that second season where you're looking for him to take that jump. And if, again, if Scott Lindsay is to be believed and he is taking that jump and the sign showed that he, he has done, then that's really good news. That long-term contract he signed and the investment of Swindon have made in him as a player. Yeah, 100%. And I, I think... If we're going to try and put a positive spin on this game, it's 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 a big one for Ricky Aguilar to just go out there and just be relaxed and and do 
the things that we saw in the show reels and the clips from his Worthing career and what we saw glimpses of when he came back from Chippenham and impressed us all. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, in the in the other games, I felt a little bit like he was, he did good things and then drifted out of the game. I'm thinking this one, especially in the position he's going to be playing tomorrow night, you've got to go, you've got to go out there and be sort of the focal point of Swindon's attack in many ways. He's got to go out there and be that guy just because this is going to be a Swindon team where he's probably played the most games in that midfield, depending on whether or not Louis Reed starts or not. So he's, you know, got to go out there and, and look like that's the case more than like someone who is getting that chance in this competition. Yeah. Okay, well, so back to talking about Bristol Rovers. Uh, this is the third time we've played them at the Memorial in this competition in the last five years or so. The last time was back under Richie Wellens in that Cattell season where we lost 1-0 and it was probably best remembered for Swindon Town players going down injured very early on. Danny Rose in the sixth minute, Rob Hunt in the 16th. Both made full recoveries, you'll be glad to hear. And then before that, quite a memorable one. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I was one of the 197 who saw Swindon beat Bristol Rovers 4-2 with goals from Goddard Mullen. Remember him, uh, Gordon, and a wonderful Kane Woolery goal at the end. Probably one of his best for Swindon, where he took the ball just outside the box and went all the way up um, and scored a lovely individual goal and then tweeted... The lyrics to Big Shaq's Man's Not Hot. I'm not quite sure how that goes, but I remember the lyrics were something like, The Tingo Scra, Pap Pap, Ka Ka Ka, Ka Ka, Skiddy Pap Pap Pap, and A Poo Poo Poo, Boom Boom, Skya Ah. I'm reading the tweet here. Expertly done, Rich. Thank you very much. What can I say? You know, some things just come naturally, but an incredible moment in our social media history. Uh, absolutely, it was. It, I think that was the goal where he, it was kind of everything you, we all sort of thought Kane Willery could do in that he was really fast and really quite strong, and then he did it. Um, it was awesome to see. He didn't necessarily do it again, but it was nice to see once and in such a crucial game. And of course, as you say, Disney Plus superstar Paul Mullin going getting on the score sheet. Yeah, a typical Mullin goal, a, a rebound where the goalkeeper just sort of fumbles it central and he just taps it in and looks embarrassed for everyone. Does Mullin? Oh, I liked Mullin when he was at Swindon. I think I, I thought he had real potential and took that move to Cambridge, which was a couple moves after us. And now he is non-league's darling, isn't he? Absolutely, he was. He was the king of scoring in his first game in every competition he played in. I think he scored in his first league, League Cup, FA Cup, and possibly EFL Trophy match as well. So that was, you know, he was really good on debut. And if we just sort of told him it was his debut each time, then. Maybe he could have done for us what he did for Cambridge. Maybe that's what Mark Bonner did. And of course, you know, in, in, in the bright lights of Wrexham, he's uh, he's continued that pretty remarkable form he discovered. Or not out of nowhere, because you say he was decent, but I don't think anyone ever thought he was a 30-goal-a-season man. I don't even think he believed that <laughs> when I spoke to him on the pod. You know, I think he was just grateful to be you know getting contracts and when when I spoke to him I think he was in between moves obviously his agent would have been working something out but yeah he's he's had a great time of it and what what an extraordinary stat but it's true there we go I'm just having a look now debut goal in the league against Carlo debut goal in the league cup against Norwich 
debut goal against West Ham under 21s in the in the Papa John's and we go up to the FA Cup and what do I see a goal against Dartford wonderful there you go I, did he score on his home debut as well I'm not sure on that one necessarily but no home debut he did score on his final game for Swindon which again was a pretty nice finish against Accrington I mean the guy only scored 10 goals so <laughs> for Swindon so it's it's a it's a wonderful stat nice yeah, he did. He did really well on, on just on those on those momentous occasions for him. I suppose he's a he's a big game player. Indeed, he is. Now talking of big games, this is a derby. Scott Lindsay was was asked about the, if it changes things. <laughs> yeah, he, he was asked about that. I, I mean, technically, Bristol Rovers are Swindon's. Third rival, I suppose you could say, at the best of times, and certainly a real grudge match at the Mem uh, tomorrow night. And Scott Scott Lindsay says that you know the players should know that, but also possibly something he reminds them of to again increase that massive motivation that they've got going into this crunch third group match, which is uh, England Costa Rica to the nth degree. Oh my goodness! There's there's one for. Really bringing it home. I, I, I think Bristol Rovers are our oldest rival in terms of when we started playing them. When it started mattering, I don't know. But when 2,000 people turned up in 1897 <laughs> for our first Western League fixture against them, 1-0 win, take that Bristol Eastville Rovers. All 2,000 of them believed it would come to a head in this, in this big game of games. The fact that be less at the game this week just shows how far we've come. <laughs> that footballing vicar oh. knew this, knew it would come to this. Yeah, what an absolute farce of a pod. Okay, what what does Scott Lindsay want from this game? What I said is he sees it as that just sort of more a, a sign that his players understand what he's telling them because these guys haven't been haven't had the bonds and the tactics forged in the fire in the um, irons of fires or what have you. Um, in in game situations for a lot of them. So it's about seeing where his squad players are and who's really ready to step in at short notice. We've already seen one example of it with Matthew Baudry coming in for Angus McDonald, as we always expected he would have to do at some point. And it's just seeing who else can come in and do that. You know, is Reese Devine ready, for example, to come in at left back or Oh yeah. Can can Morgan Roberts come in in the forward line and do a job? You know, who's who's ready to step in and get playing for Swindon when it comes to it? Well, I'm going to be asking you for your prediction of the 11 in just a moment. Um so while you're doing that, let's listen to your audio. Let's listen to it. Hi Scott. Um is this game kind of like a friendly for you then in many ways because you're just trying to see patterns and performances more than anything else? No, it's not friendly. Not no, I wouldn't call, call it friendly at all no I want to I want to see a real competitive edge to us I want to see patterns of how we play like I do on every Saturday you know I wanted to see patterns of how we played on against Colchester on Saturday but we we needed to win the game so it was a competitive game um so no so I wouldn't see it as a friendly I see it completely the opposite to that yeah and then just in a completely different direction um last week there was news that they might be scrapping the 3pm blackout in the EFL in the next TV deal Given how important the fans are to Swindon, how many fans we get at home games, what are your feelings on that as a as a decision? So when you say 
they're, they're scrapping the black. Say, say that again, what they're scrapping. Um, there are reports that they're planning on getting rid of um, the TV blackout at 3 p.m., so games could be televised at that time. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, well, you know, football's... Um, it's interesting because I spoke to a manager who uh, who manages in, in League One and a lot of their games are televised and you can pay, I don't know, £10 to watch watch their, their team play. And he, he said, as a result, attendances have gone down because of it, you know. Um, and, it, uh, you know, I think that as much as coverage on telly is good, I think that nothing beats being um, in the stadium for me. Nothing beats having a good kind of attendance on a Saturday afternoon um, and, and for the for the players to play in front of their home crowd and, and a good good home crowd, you know. Um, so I would be against anything that affected that, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Scott. That's all from me. Thank you, Joe. OK, so really tough to come up with some questions <laughs> for this one, isn't it? And you, and you did a grand job. Uh, firstly, this, again, the competitive, the the the, the hat trick ball of come on, Scott, <laughs> come on, just say you don't care. We'll we'll all we'll all nod agreeingly and go, yeah, neither do we. <laughs> but stood stood his ground well. Yeah, I was I was really trying to um, Jeremy Paxman him into admitting that he didn't really believe it. You know, using all my interview skills, which we all know from this podcast are vast and excellent. Um, to try and get him to finally admit that he didn't really care, but you know he he took a, exception to my labelling it as a as a friendly, although then described it as being like friendlies are in terms of what he wanted to get from it, which is where you know I was sort of following in on the on the rebound for the question for, um, but yeah, as, as you say, he stood steadfast with his staff in the ground saying, "Ye shall not pass." Uh, we couldn't get it out of him that he did not care and would just send Steve Mildenhall to take the team. You know, at least Ben Garner had the dignity to not show up. <laughs> oh, whatever to that guy. Uh, okay. And the second question I know is one that you've been wanting to ask him since it since the news emerged. And I think it was a good question to see what those within football think about the possibility that the 3 p.m. blackout could be no more. I am not outraged or dead against it i need to really look at the the pros and cons a little bit more but ultimately i think at our level and if we're thinking just about swindon town i think fans will go if they want to go um i don't know it's something that the the english game has been so scared of for so long but the amount of money that's being talked about here it might force their hands. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's one of those that I'm happy to yield to those with greater knowledge. But when I have read around the topic, you know, you, it, oh, England's the only or one of two countries, I believe, in Europe who uses a, a blackout. Everyone else just sort of schedules their fixtures accordingly. Like they just don't play Zwei Bundesliga or you know, regular Liga games during a Bundesliga match, for example, if Bayern are playing, they would just play them at different times. So, you know, you do have that option. Obviously, we proudly stick with our 3pm uh, classic kickoff times but you know you, you, there are things that you can do there and as you said you know Swindon get pretty strong crowds anyway so you're thinking maybe on their behalf it might lower the numbers a little bit but you'd like to I mean I like to hope they're not that um, that plastic and 
you know, when you read, I think it was the Athletics report, there are some big players coming in on this potential deal. I heard, you know, net, your Netflixes and your Googles are potentially on even Amazon wading further into football and the EFL is kind of the next big contract up for grabs. And if those streaming services do come in, then it'll be a lot more lucrative than the normal Sky deal. And Sky anyway are pretty terrible at broadcasting the EFL because usually there are just no League One or League Two games anyway. So from that perspective, it, it could be beneficial. Scott Lindsay, obviously, um, you know, he doesn't want anything to impact upon attendances. And if he feels and the club feel that this is something that, that would do that, then I'm all all behind not getting rid of the 3pm blackout. But I'm just not necessarily sure how it would impact things. I think in that athletic article, Tifo did a good explanation behind the history of the 3pm blackout, didn't they? I think it's it's within, it's embedded within that article. It is interesting and it just stems back from the 60s where people were afraid that two games a year or whatever would result <laughs> in everybody not going to football matches. And, and that attitude, although, you know, it's shown that so much football is on TV, yet EFL attendances are going up, if anything. It, it, it might be time to end the blackout. I'm not saying that's the right thing. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing, but I think it's inevitable. And concerning news for Paramount Australia, um, if Netflix and Amazon are, are courting the EFL. Yeah, you know, those, those plucky upstarts like Paramount and Sky could really have a fight on their hands to keep EFL football, but... But no, I would quite like to just be sat watching Netflix and if Swindon are playing, I mean, I would always go to, I'm contractually obliged to go to Swindon games, but no, I would always go if I could rather than watching it on TV. But if I could just watch it on Netflix and I wouldn't be adverse to that either. You can't predict how it goes. You have to trial it, don't you? You have to commit to a season or what have you, maybe two, just to see what the damage is. And then you would have to have protection um, for clubs if they do struggle so it's 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 not simple it's you know it, it, it's it's a tradition that is very old and we'll just have to see what happens but I cannot see the EFL just going no not this time I think there's serious money here yeah I think that certainly the championship sides and the big league one sides when you hear this topic come up they're always really in favor of getting rid of it because you know these clubs know that they can get probably bigger money from streaming and the pass even on iFollow the passes that they could sell um would you know would be greatly financially viable for them if they could get rid of it so when you have all those heavyweight forces in favor of something in football you know it's inevitability that that thing is going to come is that thing's going to happen so I, I would be surprised if, it, if it's not this time it's next time it's one of those things in football like you know when the Super League comes up you look at that and you think well, I don't really impact Swindon because we're not getting to the top anyway. But, you know, this has happened. This has come up for a reason. And we're not going to be seeing the last of it because it's something that the big boys want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they'll get more money from me because I'll be a season ticket holder. As a season ticket holder who doesn't go away as much as I would like, I'll be going to home games and I'll be putting my 10 quid down to watch the away games. So there'll be a lot of people like that. And, uh, oh, well, we'll just have to see, don't you? But Scott Lindsay was still very much of the, uh, if it impacts crowds, then he's out, which is fair enough. Yeah, I think it's one of those where that's a tough start to disagree with. It does get, you know, Swindon have been doing well over the past year, getting close to or even over 10,000 quite a lot of the time. So if if that went back down to the 7,000s that I think I'm more used to seeing, 
the county ground over quite a long period, then that is clearly something that's negatively impacted the club. So obviously, we you know Scott Lindsay wasn't fully aware that this was happening. So maybe if he read a little more around it, he might have a different opinion. But I think straight off the bat, you're going to look at it and think, well, how does this work for us? And ho- hopefully we can find a way that potentially the big clubs get what they want, but it does still work for smaller clubs like Swindon. Absolutely. Okay, then. So back to Bristol Rovers. Yay! Give me a give me a lineup. We're going to play Bran. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Connor Brand starts. I would be yeah. confused if he didn't. Um, but I I was confused last time, so who knows? Um, <laughs> let's go. Brand and Cole, Reese Devine, Keen Harry's. He brought up Harrison Minturn specifically, so but he'd probably on the bench playing Kieran Brennan. Um, he's not mentioned that Marcel Lavinia is injured at any point. Do we know if he is? Well, he's been on the bench. Was he on the bench this weekend? No, he was dropped he's from the not. bench this weekend, which. Maybe it's a surprise, surprise. Well, what I need is a journalist to ask the question. <laughs> well, he, he didn't get brought up when asked about team selection, so we haven't heard anything about it before, so that would imply to me that he is fit. And yeah. I mean, there's, there's no point in smoke and mirrors in this game, is there? So if Lavinia has <laughs> picked up a knock. Well, Andrew Hawes is the absolute master of... He, he did it in this press conference where he didn't go, so what's happening with Lou Reed then? He kind of was just like, how's how's he coping with with the fact that he's in contention um, to play in the in the in this game? Um, a very lovely, soothing way of saying what the hell's going on. Um, so, so hopefully um, for the Hartlepool, uh, we might have a similar question. But yeah, I would play him if he's fit. He he does walk that white line well, Andrew Hawes. Very um, well. Yeah, I would say I would be surprised if there's no Marcel Lavinia if he is fit. If he's not, I forget who our other right backs might be. Um, maybe Hutton. Well, I reckon Hutton will play. Yeah, Do you I think he will? Even well, they've got to field a certain amount of players, don't they? Who either have played X amount of games, or will play the next one, or played in the previous one. So I think either him or Shade will will play. Shade always plays because Shade a... loves football. That's the thing. He just loves football. He just loves football. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking maybe Harry's Brennan Minton maybe at the back could be Minton in midfield again. He's done that before. Well, Reed will be in the in the holding role, won't he? So this is true. Depending on how much yeah. time he forces Louis Reed to play against his will. Um, <laughs> Who else have we got? Uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll go for Reed in midfield because if he's in the squad, you know. Is 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 it even more of a diss to have Louis Reed on the bench in the EFL? One hundred percent, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, Without a doubt, it's tough to know in this competition. So, oh. Reed, Aguiar, and Iandolo. Yeah, yeah, Iandolo in midfield. And what then a midfield Shade, that is, by the way. Come on, Louis, and then Shade Roberts, Harry Parson. Yeah, it's um, it's. You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna happily jinx it by going. There's there's not many goals in this one, is there for Swindon? <laughs> yeah, I Swindon are still on no goals in this competition, right? So if we could go the whole way through of getting none, that'd be an achievement, I suppose. Just put in some way. Just put fifteen pounds down on this game, please. <laughs> just just one thirty yard <laughs> from Agua, just to well. Please. I don't mean to call into question your responsibility with money by putting down 15 quid into this game, yeah. Rich, but we'll leave that one there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it would be nice to see it'd be nice to see a goal from a Swindon perspective, wouldn't it? But 
Also, would it not be a nice flick of the Vs to the whole competition if we score no goals the whole time? Yeah, well, well, absolutely. I'm going 3-0 Bristol Rovers. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll go 2-0 Bristol Rovers. There's no, there's no world in which they don't win this game. That's actually my first loss prediction of the season, I think. So look forward to uh, eliminating Bristol Rovers out of nowhere. Yeah, it's a no-lose situation, Miss Winding, because either we put a rather large spanner or small spanner, I suppose, because they don't want to do it either into the, into the Bristol Rovers machine, or we just get to lose again. We just don't care. Mm, Yeah. Well, let's see how, who cares um, tomorrow night. Uh, Well, you'll be watching Premier League. I'll be, I'll be sat there questioning my life choices once more, but it's for the love of the Swindon town. So let's see how it goes. And, uh, Hopefully it's more like what we saw in 2017 than 2019. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.